Hi, and welcome to the Writing and Marketing Show brought to you by author Wendy H. Jones. This show does exactly what it says on the tin. It's jam-packed with interviews, advice, hints, tips and news to help you with the business of writing. It's all wrapped up in one lively podcast, so it's time to get on with the show. And welcome to episode 89 of the Writing and Marketing Show with author, entrepreneur, Wendy H. Jones. I'm very excited to bring you episode 89 because I'm currently recording this in London. Um, I've been saying for some time I've been coming down to London for a research trip and I'm also tomorrow uh, going to be going to Chatham Dockyard where I've arranged a visit, a research visit uh, with a very specific remit um, to research my book about Thomas Graham. So I thought this was an ideal opportunity to talk to you about preparing for a research visit because there's a lot more to it than you would think, especially at the moment when uh, we have COVID around. Um, We might have a bit more freedom, but obviously there are a lot of things to think about in terms of what's happening in museums and uh, access and things like that. So I thought this would be an opportune moment to talk to you about this. And I'm very excited about it because I have done a lot of preparation for this visit to make sure that I get everything I need from it. So, Uh, What did I do? Well, the first thing I did was I contacted them in advance. Now, this was very important. I was only down in London from Scotland uh, for a two-week period and I needed to visit during that two-week period. So I gave them plenty of notice so that they would be able to get back to me and would be able to talk to various people and make sure that I could get that visit done. And I was very fortunate uh, that they did get back to me, although this brings me to one of my points that you need to be patient. And you need to be patient because obviously people can't just snap their fingers and say you can come tomorrow. They have to, the people might not be in every day at the moment, people might be working from home and there's a lot more to it. So I waited a a few weeks and then they got back to me and apologised for the length of time, but they actually said that I would be able to come and gave me a date within the two week period. And they also arranged for a historian uh, to take me around on a private tour. Now, that brings me uh, to my second point, which is state clearly what is needed and being asked for. I actually said, would I be able to have access to their archives? And would there be a historian that would be able to give me a private tour so that I could ask questions and not... um, annoy everyone else who was on the tour and I was very fortunate that both of those were agreed to and I'm excited about that so I um you know be be clear that's the first thing I would say you also need to be specific about what you're asking for now what you're expecting from the visit uh the period that you would expect to be there is it one day is it two days is it three days Are archive materials uh, being requested? If so, then the time period that you're interested in. Now, I was very specifically interested in a time period uh, of the Royal Navy uh, between 1936 and um, 19. 
1936 and 1950. Um, I needed to know about the Royal Navy. And again, even more specifically, I also wanted to know about the Royal Navy um, surgeons of that time and the medicine in the Royal Navy. Now, I gave the time period I was interested in, and I was very fortunate in that the um, the person who got back to me, the historian um, got back to me, the curator got back to me and he said that he had already looked out a number of um, documents and artefacts that would be very useful for me, that would be available for me on the day that I visited and I would be able to look them over and get time to do them. And that was because I was specific about what I needed. So wherever you're visiting, uh, be very clear and specific about what is needed. Because obviously, if you turn up on the day and tell them, then it's much more difficult for them to get everything ready for you. Um, So I told them the types of materials I was looking for. I was looking for documents. I was looking for books. And I was looking for any specific um, uh, exhibits that they would have that would be useful for my research. And I'm very fortunate as that's all been prepared for me and will be waiting for me tomorrow and I will get time. Um, but although I said give uh, be specific about what dates you need, be flexible. I gave them a two-week period and I said I would work around them. So any of the days within that two-week period would be suitable. And that was useful for me. Now, the next thing I did, because I don't want to waste their time, I've got a lot of questions to ask and you will have as well. So whatever you're doing, even if it's not the Royal Navy, if it's the history of medicine or it's, um, you know, something about uh, the army or I'm trying to think whatever you're interested in, you know, um, it could be a historic house you're visiting. If there's something specific you need, then you need to prepare in advance. You need to prepare questions, the types of questions that you need answered. Now, I have got a lot of questions prepared. I sat down. I took a lot of time thinking about what I specifically needed from my visit. And I then, uh, from that, did a list of questions that would be helpful. Now, there are a lot of questions. I may not have time to ask them all. So what I will say is, if I'm not able to ask them all today, am I able to write and will you be able to... Um, answer specific questions. So the questions I came up with, um, obviously in that day and age, the ships had sails and I'm very interested in the specific ships. I've got the specific ships written down. Um, The specific ships that I'm interested in are HMS Apollo, HMS Warspite, HMS Madagascar, HMS Hastings and HMS Phlegathon. Now, They may not know about those specific ships, but what they will know is about that class of ship. So they'll be able to hopefully answer me questions about um, the sails and things. Because, yes, I'm talking about a surgeon. I'm talking about, um, in my books, I'm going to be talking about a surgeon. I'm going to be writing about him. I'm going to be writing about what surgeons did in the Royal Navy. A lot of it's going to be around the medicine. But there are other things as well. I need to know the background stuff so I understand it. You know, I need to know the type of sails, the number of sails, the size of the sails, 
um, when each was used, how they were mended. I'm going to ask things like when I was in the Royal Navy, we had something called a make and mend. And you only got this if you weren't working on the wards, but if you were in the school or you were working somewhere where this could happen, on a Wednesday afternoon, you got an afternoon off. Now, this came, this was a historical thing, and it was called a make and mend, where you could mend things like sails or mend things like your uniform. You could make things that were useful, but by the time it came to me in the 1979 to 1985, it was totally different. We got an afternoon off to do PT, but we still called it a make and mend. And that came from the days when they were doing all of that. Why do I need to know all that when I'm talking about surgeons? Well, it all plays into it. I cannot just write a surgical story, put them on a ship and just write about the surgeons. That is not helpful. It's not useful. It's not good story. I need to have all the background information to make it a fully fledged, really rich narrative. So the background stuff is so important for my narrative. It really is. And I need to know all these things. For example, you know, it could play into the... um into what's happening um, in terms of uh, medicine as well. Because if people are going up the rigging, hoisting the sails, the injuries they would get, depending on the different size of sails, might um, be different injuries. You know, I need to know all of that. It's important for what I'm doing. I also need to know about the ships, the size of the ships I'm talking about. Did they have weapons on board? Even though they were, um, some of them were troop ships, some of them were actually, one of the ships that I'm talking about were actually taking women and children. They had women and children on board. Why was that? Why was, uh, where were they going? What were they doing? Were they just transporting them? Were they... Uh, were they military uh, wives and children or did they just take civilians and they were moving them elsewhere even though they were Royal Navy um, you know I needed to know but did they have weapons on board why did they have weapons on board was it because they were going to war was it because they were defending themselves against pirates or uh, not just pirates but uh, enemy uh, ships you know, what were the weapons? What were they like? Uh, when would they be used? Um, the number of crew on board, the sleeping arrangements, because again, that's all really important. Um, you know, the arrangements for uh, hygiene, toilets, bathing, that sort of things, because it all has implications for diseases. There was cholera on board one of the ships I was on. So hygiene and disposal of waste and all that sort of thing is really important. And also it's important for how my characters carried out their lives. I can't just talk, as I said, I just can't talk about medicine. They had lives otherwise. They were members of the Royal Navy. Um, you know, with the sleeping arrangements for the junior ranks, the sleeping arrangements for uh, the officers, what was the wardroom like, what were the working hours for the sailors, for the surgeons, um, all those things are important. The uniforms, the type, uh, each rank, the officers' uniforms, were they issued, did they, did they have to buy them, um, what did the officers uh, bring on board with them? Uh, what were they expected to turn up with? Because trust me, they would have had a list of uniform items that they would have to bring. I had that when I joined up and one of them was I had to uh, bring two underskirts. Now, I'm sure people now aren't asked to bring two underskirts, but I'm absolutely fascinated by what officers were asked to bring when they joined up. 
um, the Royal Navy then. Um, what possessions did the other ranks, the junior ranks, the other ranks, the senior ranks, what were they expected to have on board? Um, what did they have? Um, commissioning. Um, obviously, my um, my chap, Thomas Graham, would have been commissioned into the Royal Navy. How did that happen? How did they pay? Did he have to pay for his commission or did he get paid? Um, what was the pay like for commissioned officers, for surgeons then? Um, what was the promotion like? What training did they have when they were commissioned? I had to do basic training. Did they have to do basic training or did they just turn up? One would assume they did basic training then. And I'm also going to do a trip to Greenwich when I'm down here so I can look at things like that as well. Um, so I'm doing quite a bit really in terms of um, research this trip. It's not just this one. Um, the medicine, what was the role of the surgeon, the assistant surgeon? How many were on board? Who was, did they have surgeon's mates? What were their role? How many surgeon's mates did they have on board? Where were patients treated? I know that on HMS Victory, because I've been around that uh, several times, they were treated on the surgeon's deck, which was way down in the boat. And you, I, even I couldn't stand up on the surgeon's deck. And I was five, I'm five foot tall. So they must have been either very small or had bad backs because they were always crouched down. So these are things that are important because it would, it would shape how my um, surgeon carried out uh, his treatment, uh, the types of diseases, the injuries, the medicines available, the equipment. These are all questions I've got to ask. But again, I've also got to ask about life on board. Um, food. How many tots of rum did they get? They used to get three. Um, when I was in, the, we could only get alcohol if the Queen spliced the main brace. But it was different during in the early 19th century. So how many tots of rum did they get? Why? How were they buried if someone died? What did they do with the body? The hammocks, did they have to bring their own hammock? Did they all have their own hammock? Were they what was calling hot bunking? Were they shared hammocks? Um, you know... Were there fights on board? Uh, how was that dealt with? What happened if a man went overboard? Did you just leave them or did they hove to? And they actually tried to get hold of them. Um, you know, were, what, were there naval police there? You know, how did they entertain themselves? Um, how did they have to repair the ships? Who did the ships repairs? Was it how did they keep warm on board? How did they cool down on board? Because my chap went all over the world in it and he would have had periods of extreme cold, periods of extreme heat. How did they keep warm? How did they keep cold? How did they deal with that from a medical point of view? But saying all this, one of the important things is also to listen and take in the stories. Give the historian time to tell you and space to tell you about the museum that you're visiting. Um, the place that you're visiting and the history of it. Take notes, ask if a voice recorder is appropriate and just soak it all in. Soak in every single part of it. Use every sense you've got to learn about this because very often these um, exhibits are done in 4D so you can smell things, you can touch things, you can feel them, you can listen, you can, you can read. You get 
use every sense you've got to take everything in. And my last word on it all is enjoy yourself and make the most of the opportunity. I hope you've enjoyed this and I will be back next week with another interview. But in the meantime, um, I hope you will use the information that I've given you here and it's helpful. That brings us to the end of another show. It was really good to have you on the show with me today. I'm Wendy H. Jones and you can find me at wendyhjones.com. You can also find me on Patreon where you can support me for as little as $3 a month, which is less than the price of a tea or coffee. You go to patreon.com forward slash Wendy H. Jones. I'm also Wendy H. Jones on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest. Thank you for joining me today and I hope you found it both useful and interesting. Join me next week when I will have another cracking guest for you. Until then, have a good week and keep writing, keep reading and keep learning.